Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. It's a beautiful morning. We're glad you're here with us. At this time, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to join together in our black hymnal, and that's going to be uh, number 2073, Celebrate Love. Now, this is a very catchy tune, and uh, it uh, requires a little bit of uh, you being involved in it. So when we get to that time of the refrain, I want to see you really celebrating love, okay? kind of good on that wasn't quite good enough so when we get to that part we're going to do the first verse again and then when we get to that celebrate part I want to see you doing some celebrating okay all right
Um, at this time, I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward as they wait upon us for our gifts, tithes, and offerings. Before thy altar, O God, we ask that we might bless these our gifts, and that using them for you, we might bless this world, our church, and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. Create, Create in, in us a clean heart, heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from St. Matthew, chapter 26, verses 79 through 75, and Acts, chapter 7, verses 54 through chapter 8, verse 3. Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. 
a servant girl came to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them saying, I do not know who you're talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. After a while, while the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know that man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. When they heard these things, they began enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, excuse me, but filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold their sin against them. When he had said this, he died, and Saul approved of their killing him. That day, a severe persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. But Saul was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging off both men and women. He committed them to prison. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks as we gather together here today. We give you thanks in the reading of the word. And by the power of this word, O God, today we ask that we might hear you. And as the good seed that finds its way to good soil digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, may now this, the seed of the word of God, dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us this morning a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God and in whose name we pray. Amen. Last week, we talked about forgiving others. Today, we are going to be talking about forgiving ourselves. But I will tell you the truth when I say to you that while it is hard to forgive one another, it is infinitely harder to forgive ourselves. Two of the greatest characters in the New Testament, two persons with whom we are probably most informed of and well-known, are the disciple Peter and the apostle Paul. And they both had one thing in common in their lives. They were both not only great persons who were used in incredible ways for the kingdom of God. Both of these influential leaders of the early church had a past that haunted them for which one day they were going to have to forgive themselves. In fact, when you look at their lives and some of the things that they did, you would probably have to come to the conclusion how in the world were they going to possibly be able to forgive 
themselves for what they did. In our passage from Matthew 26, we pick up with one of the well-known stories about Peter. It is literally just hours before Jesus will die on the cross for the sins of the world to show God's forgiveness for us. It was a moment in which anyone needed someone to stand by them. If anyone needed someone to be there to give them courage and to give them an affirmation of support and friendship, it was Jesus. And it is a story, though, of Peter's denial of his very friendship, indeed his very relationship with Jesus before everyone else. What a loser. <laughs> if you had been Peter, what would you have felt like? It was just in the upper room only an hour or so before when he, with the other disciples, stood up and he said, if everyone else should deny you, if everyone else shall leave you, I will be the one, Jesus who will stand by your side no matter what and will defend you. Peter was saying of all the rest, he would be the faithful one. But when push came to shove, Peter found out that he was not what he thought he was, and he fell flat on his face in failure. You want to talk about something that would be hard to forgive yourself for? I will promise you, that in Peter's mind, that scene of his denial and the sound of that rooster crowing, I promise you, he played over and over and over in his head as he said to myself, if I only had that moment to live over again, I would do it all differently. How do we forgive ourselves? You see, that's Peter's story. It's also our story. Then look at Paul's story. It's found in the book of Acts. I think St. Paul was perhaps the clearest leader of everyone in the New Testament church. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He made more missionary journeys than any other person. He was more identified with the early church than any other figure. And yet Paul, in the beginning of Acts, is seen as a persecutor of the church. When the first Christian martyr... Stephen was to die for the faith, stoned to death. Here is Paul standing with those stoning him, making sure that their cloaks and coats were doing all right. When the first disciple of Jesus were spread out for fear from Jerusalem because of persecution, here's Paul standing in the shadows to make sure none of them gets away. When the first Christians were being thrown into prison, and persecuted throughout the land and being killed, there was Paul throwing them into prison and leading the attacks. If anyone would ever have a time in their life that they would look back and say, I wish I could have changed as part of my life, I think it would have been the Apostle Paul. How would you like to have lived that passed down? How do we forgive ourselves? That's the story of Paul. It's the story of ourselves. Let's talk about forgiveness. I believe that forgiveness is only complete when three things happen in our lives. First, when we have experienced the forgiveness of God. Second, when we can forgive others who have wronged us or receive a word of forgiveness. And three, when we're able to forgive ourselves. There are three different kinds of forgiveness that we can receive. The first is what we call forgiveness by grace. That's God's unmerited 
forgiveness and love for you. You haven't earned it. You didn't pay for it. You weren't good enough. You weren't righteous enough. God forgave you because God is love. The second kind of forgiveness is one that's not divine, but is still blessed. And that is what I would just call charity. When someone who shouldn't forgive us forgives us anyway and allows us to go on in our lives. And lastly, the third kind of forgiveness, what we cannot live without. Remember, first comes from God. The second can come from others. The third one is the forgiveness that we give ourselves. And that brings release into our lives. When we can forgive ourselves, we are in that moment discovering a release in our lives that will be life-changing. This morning, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. Although I have a couple glimmers. There are those of you here today who need to forgive yourself. You see, you've already been forgiven by God. You've had others forgive you. But you haven't yet allowed God to truly forgive you. That memory of that past deed that you did that's been haunting you all these years. That tape that you're playing over and over of something you did that you regret having done, that you wish you could have changed it, that you wish you could have made it different. That memory of something in your past has been in the way of you being able to forgive yourself. Even though God has forgiven you and others have forgiven you, you haven't forgiven yourself. You see, there are two parts of forgiveness. The first part is being forgiven. That's God's part. The second part is accepting God's forgiveness. That's our part. When you come to God and in Jesus Christ say, Oh Lord, I'm sorry, I've messed up some things in my life. I've made so many choices that turned out to be wrong, but I, I want to be who you want me to be. God has forgiven you. Now, you're not perfect, far from it, but if you are sincere in your heart and you really are trying to make a difference in your life, even if we aren't perfect, God has forgiven us, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. But there's a major difference between being forgiven and feeling forgiveness. I know there are times in our lives when we have asked forgiveness and we understand that God has forgiven us, but we haven't been able to forgive ourselves and it just makes us miserable. You see, when we won't forgive ourselves, there's no way for God's love to be able to get in to change our lives. Why can't we accept forgiveness? Well, this got another hour and a half. We don't often forgive ourselves because we just disappoint ourselves. Sometimes we just plain disappoint ourselves. And when we do, there is a tendency for us to carry guilt along with us that is so hard to get rid of. And we play the tapes over and over and over. Now listen to me. You can never go back and change what you did. But you can change today and tomorrow. And if we waste all of our time for the rest of our lives playing those tapes over and over again, we will never come into a place of opening ourselves to God's forgiveness. Now I have some good news for you. 
you can disappoint yourself and we can disappoint one another, but we never disappoint God because God already knows we're a bunch of flakes. <laughs> Don't carry the guilt of yesterday, but take the gift of God's forgiveness for today. Sometimes we can't accept forgiveness because, you know, it just feels good to feel guilty. I have seen people who lived under guilt so long in their lives, they wouldn't know how to live if they didn't have it and were freed from it. I've seen people raised in this guilt-motivated lifestyle that are just not able to break away from an addiction of self-judgment. They know it's not the ideal way, but because that's all they know, they just don't know how to get out of that addiction. Now let me say something. When you do something wrong, you should feel guilty. That is God's way of showing us when we've gone the wrong way so we can get back to the right way. Guilt can be constructive. But if we just keep it all to ourselves all the time and don't give it to God, then our lives will never be what God wants us to be. The consequences of not forgiving ourselves are destructive. If you don't forgive yourself, you will live with a, self of, a sense of self-punishment. People who can't forgive themselves are always punish themselves over and over again for things they have done in the past and you'll never get out of that trap. Another consequence of not forgiving ourselves is that we start feeling unworthy. You just start to feel bad about yourself. It leads to depression, it leads to all kinds of things. We say, how could God answer my prayer for forgiveness after what I have done? How could God ever use me again after what I did? Let me tell you right now, God used the Apostle Paul after he had put Christians to death and persecuted the church. If God can use Paul, God can forgive and use you. If God for, could forgive Peter, after he had denied the very Son of God on earth, that he even knew him, then God can forgive you and for what you've done. Because I don't think any of us have ever been guilty of the things that Peter and Paul did in their lives. How can we forgive ourselves? There's four things we need to do. We just have to recognize the problem and to admit that we have not allowed God's forgiveness to be in our lives. And when we do, we can repent. Now, repent is a great biblical word. It means saying, I'm sorry. It means saying, God, I come to you. I'm sorry for breaking your law. I'm sorry for breaking rules against others and how I have treated them or what I have done with them. But it's only when we repent and we live with God's strength that we're going to move on in our spiritual lives. The third thing is we have to reaffirm the truth of God's word. God's word in the Bible is a great guide. It tells us the marvelous things about God's love and forgiveness. And I tell people, if you have trouble forgiving yourself, then I have a prescription for you. I'll write it out today. Start in the first four Gospels of the New Testament and you will read story after story after story after story of God saying, I forgive you. And fourth, and the most important, we have to choose freedom from guilt. You have to choose it. I can't do it for you. I, I wish I could do it for you. If I could, I would. But each one of us has to accept, 
to say to God, I accept freedom from guilt and receive your forgiveness. I want to close with these wonderful words from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. It comes from a modern version. It says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And all these things come from God who brought us back to himself through what Jesus Christ did for us. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and to be reconciled to him. For God in Christ was restoring the world to himself, no longer counting our sins against us, but blotting them out. And this is the wonderful message that he has given to us. So I'm going to ask you to do a favor for me today. And I'm going to ask you to forgive yourself and live your life in God's forgiveness. It will change your life. Let's pray. Oh God, I thank you for loving us, unconditionally loving us, and for Jesus Christ, your Son, to show us and to die for our sins upon that cross. And when we ask for your forgiveness, I know that you have given it us. The hardest part, oh God, this morning is for us now to forgive ourselves. We hold on to the past. It, it drags us down. And so this morning, we make a choice. Our choice is that we know that through your salvation that you have unlocked the chains and the bonds of sin and death. And today we choose to walk away to be totally free persons. We right now appropriate your forgiveness for our lives and all that we have brought with us this morning to this service that's been holding us back and from the past still chained to and we give it to you. So that when we walk out of this sanctuary today, we are going to walk out in your grace and your love, and we are going to remember that we are the children of God. Not perfect, but forgiven. And the old things are passed away, and everything is becoming new. Amen. I want you to believe that. God bless you. I love you. And I want you to know how much God loves you today. And that's why we're at this table. For here is God's forgiveness given for every one of us. And it was so long ago that Jesus, with disciples in an upper room, taking bread and blessing it, and breaking it, said, this is my body given for you for the blessing of my body upon the cross, you will be forgiven. And likewise, a cup and a blessing and his words, this is the cup of forgiveness for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of all the world. And by this cup, we receive 
the forgiveness of Christ. And now, O gracious God, bless these elements of bread and wine, that receiving them today we might receive you. We are not perfect here today. We have things that we need forgiveness for. But, O God, we understand that at this place today, in this moment where time and eternity cross, that we can understand that we have, though not be perfect persons, may be perfectly forgiven. And that these elements, brought by faith, bring us into an encounter with you, O God, today that says that we are loved, that we do not have to be good enough, that we do not have to pay enough, that we do not have to be righteous enough, that we only have to be open enough to receive your love and grace. And so now with angels and archangels, with all the hosts of heaven and earth, we do now laud and magnify thy holy name, O God, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and that we may affirm that Jesus Christ has come, that Jesus Christ has died, that Jesus Christ was raised, and that Jesus Christ will come again. Amen. I invite our communion stewards and ushers to come forward at this time, and as they do to remind all here today that all are welcome at the table of the Lord here. You do not need to be a Methodist. You do not need to be a member of this church. All you need is a desire to receive God's blessing today. If for any reason you desire not to come forward, that's perfectly fine. Just feel free to remain in your seat as others come forward. You'll be invited by the ushers to come down the aisles and find your place at the altar rail or to stand or kneel. And then as you go back to your seat, I'll be here to offer a blessing as you go back to sit. And I'll invite you to join in our communion hymn number 451, Be Thou My Vision.
eternal God, we meet you here. And in this communion, understand that we have been forgiven. And we open our hearts now to receive it and to claim it and to leave here without the burden of guilt, but to leave in newness of life and the hope of all that is to come that truly transforms everything. And this we pray in his name, who taught us that we might pray even as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May I invite you to stand as we join together in our prayer response as you'll find it in your order of service. Shalom to you. to take a moment to reach out and take the hand of someone near you and as we join hand in hand together give that hand a little squeeze you got a good warm one <laughs> that means we're alive and that means we're in friendship and fellowship and relationship it doesn't get any better than that so receive from God your forgiveness give forgiveness to each other and leave today the forgiven children of God. And so now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, O oh God, bless us and keep us and go with us this day and forevermore. Amen.